defends from dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby League. Rugby League. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the SC Playbook podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today is the 2019 NRL Supercoach runner-up, Walson Carlos. Walson, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, Timmy. Yourself, mate? Going very good, mate. How'd the side go this week? Oh, mate, we just don't talk about it, to be honest. <laughs> going that bad the last couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, I just remember back to last year, mate. Fond memories of last year and looking forward to next year, I think. But, uh, no, nah, I, I had a shocker. I just got over a 1,000 and um, I've dropped down to uh, embarrassingly um, 33,000 something. So um, I've just got that many holes in my side at the moment. I don't know what to do. So I'm sort of focusing um, on getting my team together so I could probably scrape into some uh, head-to-head finals that I've got later. Um, the overall dream is gone, I'd say, for the season, but uh, I'll keep plugging away and and um, going okay in a couple of draft leagues. It's the first year that I've played draft, so um, that's pretty interesting as well. Yeah, that's it, mate. The beauty of it is, is that if you are having a tough year in overall, which happens to all of us from one time or another, you can focus on your head-to-heads and hopefully you might be in a cash league or something there. Or as you said, you've got draft, so it's not all doom and gloom if one side's going no good. Um, also joining us, as usual, is the Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you looking? Good, lads. Um, coming in hot from a big day's work, so it could be some live reactions to team lists a little bit and um, looking forward to it. some questions on the spot. But had a reasonable week last week. Uh, the fact that I didn't have any injuries to deal with post-round, is a, that's a win in itself. I don't care what I've scored because I can actually make a few trades of my own choosing this week. Uh, managed to score 11 um, Captain Teddy, who was outstanding, I thought, um, and maybe on the up from here, hopefully, lads. That's the way, mate. I uh, went down to the Canberra Raiders game the other night and got a live game of footy, which was absolutely outstanding. It gave the most awkward Viking clap of all time to about 800 other people. It was so weird. It was about minus 15 degrees there, so <laughs> live footy wasn't all it's cracked up to be, but it was pretty night in Canberra, minus 15. Yeah, <laughs> very balmy. <laughs> Uh, and then, um, yeah, my actually my own footy's actually starting up again training this week. So, mate, literally my whole life revolves around rugby league at the moment. I couldn't be happier about it. Uh, as for the mighty Kuma Stallions, got uh, pumped out 1,241 last week. So on a little bit of a hot streak at the moment. Um, jumped into 59th overall in Supercoach. So riding a hot streak and hopefully it continues, but I'm not getting my hopes too high. Fellas, let's start with the major topic of the night. It's unbelievable how quickly... Uh, things change in Supercoach, whether that be one week we've got a lock-in captain for the rest of the season, which changes the next week, or our fullbacks are locked in one week and then they won't change for the rest of the season. Well, that's what we're talking about this week. It's the Kalen Ponga debate, who the rapid demise of Kalen Ponga as a Supercoach player in the last fortnight. He was a pretty popular captaincy option last week and busted out about 18 points. Might not have even been that many. Um, lots of people are looking to trade out. I think he's the second most traded out player at the moment, pretty close to number one. Um, guys looking at Clint Gutherson, who went massive. You know, maybe Ryan Pappenhausen, who has the Titans matchup next week. We'll have a chat about it and I'll get your thoughts. But just firstly, there was there was a bit of a social media blow up on Teddy's massive upgrade from mid-70s to 
he finished um, just over 100 points. Uh, people weren't happy with it. The spy who sits there and analyzes and analyzes and rewatches games to make sure the points are right. Before the actual update happened, Spy, you called it and you reckon it was pretty spot on. Yeah, mate. Um, I don't know if I rewatch games to check scoring, but I do do rewind here and there to see what's going on. Um, essentially, if you have a look at it, the scorers just in live scoring at the moment this year, some games they're just really off the pace. Like they obviously do it quite lackadaisy. And I can tell you during the game, I captained Teddy and I knew straight after that I was onto a big one. I expected probably around 100 and pending that line break assist late in the game. I wasn't sure how that would play out. But 108 is absolutely bang on the money with what he did. Uh, I've just pulled up his scores now, but he had nine tackle busts, which is spot on, six tackles, four offloads, which the um, scorers only got two of in live scoring. He had two line breaks, definitely. He had a line break assist and a heap of runs. So there's nothing contentious there. What is contentious for some people is the fact that they miss so much of that in live scoring. Now, Teddy does a whole lot really quick at times. There was a couple of sets there where he knocked out about 17 points with tackle bus runs and offloads in the space of about two or three minutes. <clears throat> but um, obviously it's a hell of an upgrade. But just all I wanted to confirm was that I watched it very closely because I had him as my skipper and it was on the money. And I'd even argue he could have got four more points if I'm being greedy because he, he made the line break before another try. So that's where a try, try contribution gets added. If someone makes a line break and then they score off the very next play, you get the try contribution. But obviously live scoring, we'd love it to be a bit more accurate, but it's not sort of panning out that way at the moment. So you've just got to watch the game or check some stats uh, on maybe NRL.com to get a better idea of where it's at. But 108 is fair enough in my books. He was anyone who says he didn't do much needs to rewatch the game. He had 30 runs, nearly 10 or so tackle busts. The guy's a freak. Jeez, he's playing some good footy at the moment. <clears throat> yeah, that's great shout there, mate. Good, good watch on there. And you're a Caelan Ponger owner. I think he's owned by about 38 percent of Super Coaches. Uh, you're holding or selling this week? I'm going to sell. I'm nervous about it, but what it allows me to do is really set up the rest of my side. Um, and get it to where it needs to be. And as we've discussed this year with so many trades, if Kalen looks anything like his normal self over the next couple of weeks, I'll bring him straight back in, hopefully at a 100 to 150 grand discount on his current price. I'll be nervous watching him, that's for sure, because we know how good he is. And the heart just says, the heart and the head say that he can't stay down for too long because he's just too bloody good. But the role he's playing at the Knights at the moment, oh, it's not great. And. I will say, though, that Manly isn't a great team to score on at Brookvale at times. It was a little bit boggy as it can be on Sunday, and the edge defence gets up pretty quickly. So unless he's on, and it was just a dull affair. It was actually the one game of the weekend I just went, geez, this is a bit of a slugfest. I'm a little bit bored, which shocked me because I went up to the pub for it. I was pretty pumped. It was just one of those games, pretty hard to to score him. But I'm selling him, lads. I'd be interested to see what your thoughts are. Who to, mate? I'm getting Mike Acevo in. I've spoken about him on the pod every week, and unfortunately he's 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 got two toughish rounds coming up, and I had a target on him for two rounds' time, but I simply have to get him now. He's just scored 145, so I don't want to pay another 130 grand for him in two weeks. So I'll get him in now for Ponga, make some cash in the downgrade, and then that allows me to get Angus Crichton in as well. So a couple of pretty nice trades, lads. Yeah, whilst you, I think you might have only got Pong in a couple of weeks ago, so he hasn't been too kind to you. Um, what are your thoughts? Are you holding or selling? 
Yeah, I mean, it really sums up this year. It's it's a really tough year because once I saw Ponga and what he did to Canberra, um, I, I thought he's just a must. But the way that he's gone since they've changed their game plan, he's playing predominantly on the right right hand side rather than um, on that left edge where he was so lethal against uh, Canberra's right edge defence. And I think I've heard people, many people comment uh, comment on it. I think Tamana Tahu said something on the Matty Johns show about it. Um, Gus Gould in some commentary said something about it. And um, I saw Barry Tui who comments a lot on uh, the Newcastle uh, Knights team say that he's allowed to go wherever he wants and it's just Caelan Ponga's choice. It's really hard to believe that. Uh, given how stuck he is to the right-hand side after that game. But for whatever reason, um, whether it's him or whether it's the game plan, he's not getting utilised on that left-hand side and that's basically uh, killing his super coach scores and killing Bradman Best a little bit, to be honest. It's, it's absolutely killing Bradman Best. Mate, are you holding on to him? No, absolutely not. Um, so I just... He's just going to bleed money, I, I see, particularly against Parramatta. Um, you know, people could say, well, he went well against Canberra, but Canberra have since dropped their right centre because they've had some problems with that right-hand edge. And, you know, the next week, Gutho, I think it was the next week or two weeks later, Gutho went and put a ton up against them as well. So fullbacks matching up okay against Canberra. Um, probably not now that they've fixed up that right edge with Curtis Scott um, on the bench, but... Um, I just think that that's probably flattered him a little bit. But in saying that, if until I see them go back to using him on that left left hand side, um, I don't know if you can really trust him because he'll throw up a game like he did on the weekend. I don't think he's going to be that bad. But against Parramatta and Roosters, like I can't, I, I wouldn't think that you're going to score many points against those teams. And if you do against Parramatta, it's going to be your left edge. That probably scores some points because you know you've got Wanga Blake. Uh, Ferguson's pretty good, but Wanga Blake's probably in a really good defensive team. He he's probably the one that um, struggles a little bit rather than the other side um, where you got Jennings. So yeah, I, I'd sell him. You know, I'll probably sell Tedesco because I don't have Tedesco, but I'm paying nine hundred twenty-eight thousand for Tedesco. Yeah. It's insane, but I can't not have him. Um, so, and I'm also considering bringing in Roger Tuivasa-Shek. I think he's probably the best part of the round. Mate, you love for the Warriors. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, it's more, it, it is, it is that, but I mean, he's had a week off. They've, they're riding on a little bit of a high, even though they only beat the Broncos, but they, um, they get the Titans and we all know how well fullbacks go against the Titans, so... Um, yeah, it's a real pod play, but um, yeah, in my position, I've got nothing to lose. Mate, you are a Warriors fan. Um, it's been only one week, I think one week now, possibly two weeks, since Todd Payton's come in. Have you seen um, a new style of play from the Warriors that's impacted RTS that's made you keener on him? Yeah, I think so. I think if you break down how he went the week before against Melbourne, uh, he scored 69, which was his highest score uh, for the year. Um, but he also had two tries that were just dead set bomb bomb tries. Uh, one was a floating pass over the top, which people would say, oh, maybe the pass wasn't that good. But it was good enough. Beal dropped it. 
um, Fusatua was out because of a concussion. If Fusatua was there, he catches the ball, scores in the corner untouched. Um, so that was 20 points gone, line break assist and a try assist. And he gave a short ball to Jared Beal, and this one stands out for any people that do watch Warriors games because he was visibly frustrated from it. And it wasn't later, I think, uh, Melbourne marched down the field and he, he did that uh, shoulder charge, which I think came from a lot of frustration. But he basically missed out on 40 points, which um, I know it's woulda, coulda, shoulda, but if that if he gets those two, which is basically someone catching a ball and falling over the line, um, that's 109 against a pretty good side in Melbourne. Now, Melbourne beat him 50-6 to six or something like that in the end, but um, I think if that translates um, into his games when he comes back, then he's capable of tunning up against a side like the Titans and then he goes on to play the Sharks and then he plays the Roosters. So I'd probably, I'd probably be considering actually just going to him for one week and then maybe going to Pappenhausen against the Titans the next week because Melbourne play him the next week. So just chopping and changing a little bit, although the rest of my team is a bit diabolical as well, so I need to change that. So, yeah, it's tough. Mate, utilising the spies' uh, fullback rotation policy. Yeah, on not, not, in, not in the same vein that, that he had planned out. I mean, since that plan, <laughs> I think there was a lot of people who were going, yep, we're going to go, you know, Teddy, Turbo, Ponga, and things really have gone askew since then. Like, obviously, Turbo got injured and, and Ponga, well, you know, he, he's he's questionable. I, I expect a lot of super coaches to trade out Ponga. Yeah, I mean, it's looking that way. Um I'm on the fence. I really want to hold Ponga because the way I see it, we're getting a lot of people trade him out. So all of a sudden he becomes somewhat of a pod. Um, but Caelan Ponga is a pod, the bloke who scored 160 a month back against the Raiders. It's it's pretty enticing even though he is favouring that right edge. The issue for me this week is that he, he has to be past fit and beat that uh, the HIA that he had on the weekend. So he has to be passed for the concussion test. And the issue is that the Knights don't play until Sunday afternoon. So I mean, you can the, the play if he's if he's definitely out, I'll be trading probably only for two, or three or four weeks sort of thing, um, because I do think I do think he's the second best fullback in Supercoach when Tommy Turbo's out. Um, but look, if if he is declared fit to play and we know it before sort of Thursday or even Friday, um, I'll be doing my best to hold. But there's a, a, an extremely strong case to be made to sell. But yeah, it'll be pending fitness for me. Well, the good um, thing about that, Timmy, is um, he's almost a straight swap to Gutho. I think it might be you might have to keep, say, five or six grand in the bank, but most people will be able to do that. But um, Gutho's six fifty one and and some change, and and Ponga's six hundred forty five and a half thousand. They play each other, so um, yeah, that's the great yeah. thing about Ponga is you can basically make that um, you know ten minutes before the game with that rolling lockout. The super coach. I think a lot of people will do it. I think they'll go to Gutho because when you look at Gutho's draw, yes, Newcastle probably isn't the greatest matchup, but his form since he come back from um, the COVID break, he's played. Um, he came back and played the Broncos, put 124 on them, and then he played three reasonably hard teams: Manly with Turbo 51. Um, the Panthers, who we've seen is is definitely top four side, 50, um, and the Roosters, 59. Like, they're respectable enough scores. And then he's come up against Canberra's, um, you know, right-edge defence, 102 points. And then without with Moses out, he's put 166 on the Cowboys. So um, he's going he's gonna to have a 
a, a really a negative break even for a couple of weeks with those scores. So it's probably the smart play to go to Gutho, to be honest, because you look at his draw coming up, he plays um, Newcastle, then he plays a depleted Manly now that they haven't got AFB. Um, West Tigers depleted, they're starting to get injuries, they haven't got much depth. Bulldogs, Sharks, St George doesn't play Melbourne until round 15. So he's definitely an interesting uh an interesting player to bring in at 4%. Mate, it's a really, really good shout because, as I said, I'm hesitant to trade Ponga, but we're waiting to that Sunday. Gutho is probably not the one I wanted to bring in. I was even potentially eyeing off um, Pappenhausen more so that he's, he's got that low break even. But again, as you mentioned, the Titans match up next week. Um, but the fact, you know, I think um, uh, Gutho's got a minus 33 break even. He's going to make huge coin, looking unbelievable, kicking goals. So... The fact that I can wait to Sunday, um, yeah, I might hold fire on that one and then, yeah, if Ponga does get ruled out, go to Gutho from there. Um, guys, we're also in the process of setting up a donations link on our page, which will be in the um, the story for the podcast on SC Playbook. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast and the general content, uh, feel free to jump in and donate to that. Uh, we're a bit reluctant to add the, the Patreon sort of set up with all the tiers because we don't want to be restricting any of the, the audio content to anyone. We're enjoying doing it. Um, we've had really good feedback on it, so it'll you know it'll help keep any ads off the side and restricting any of that. Um, if you're in a position to do that, that'd be great. But if not, don't worry about it at all. We're happy doing it as is, uh, but it will help us. There's a lot of time and resources that are put into the website and into the podcast, so it'll help us to to sustain all that sort of stuff going forward into the future. Uh, Spy, I believe you owe a certain Nicholas Moon a shout out. The the man, the myth, the legend who writes our weekly raps and he's doing a pretty spiffy job of it. Uh, you lost a bet, mate. Yeah, mate, he's um he's in form. I've got to give him that. Um, I probably took him for granted a little bit, thought he might have been a bit of a pretender to start the <laughs> year. But, look, he's, he's playing really well. He, I think we made the bet. It was only three weeks ago, so it was a bit of a short-term bet. He led me by 100 points, and I told him I was going to run him down by the by round eight. As it, as it panned out, he had a pretty big couple of weeks. I didn't, um, and I think he might be – even 300 in front of me. So well done, mate. You've earned that steak, steak dinner, steak sandwich, whatever you want, whenever we do, mate. Um, <laughs> but we might have to go another bet to to get that back. But uh, well done, mate. Too good on this occasion. Like it, mate. <laughs> Let's get stuck into the analysis of each team, of each game of the round. And we start with the Cowboys and the Roosters, Thursday, 7.50 p.m. at QCB Stadium in Townsville. At the Cowboys, huge news. Paul Green makes these changes to his back line, recalling Hamise Tabue Fido at fullback, Val Holmes to the wing, Connelly Lumi Lumi Lou, apologies for the pronunciation, at centre, Justin O'Neill is injured and Tom Opacic drops out. Tom Gilbert replaces Ruben Cotter on the bench. Whilst I'll start with you, mate, what are your thoughts on Val back to the wing and the hammer at fullback? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean... My first thoughts is is it, is it just smoke and mirrors? Because I can't imagine like a marquee player like Val Holmes, you know, getting pushed to the thing for um, the hammer. I didn't think the hammer was that impressive at fullback. I thought he, he's pretty good. Um, I think he'd be good on that left edge. So my thoughts is that Val Holmes will probably play fullback. But um, if Green's done this, he's obviously done it for a reason to shake him up. He did talk about it in the preseason, um, playing Val Holmes sometime. Yeah. Uh, on on the wing, you know, just till he worked his way back in. But I, I think Val's been going okay. I mean, the the Cowboys 
some issues, but I mean, I don't think that's their biggest issue. Their, their biggest issue, uh, one of the biggest issues, is their right side defence. Um, what they're going to do with that? So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I I don't really understand it too much to be honest. Uh, I'll, I'll be the first to say Val's uh, re-entry to the NRL surprised me with how picky, quick he redeveloped his ball-playing skills. Um, I thought he was really good, and I cannot believe they've moved him to the wing for the Hammer, so maybe it is smoke and mirrors. Um, Spy, if it does stay that way, you don't mind the Hammer at fullback and Val on the wing, even from an NRL perspective? Yeah, except not against the Roosters. <laughs> um, I, don't, yeah. I don't care who's playing where against the Roosters. I wouldn't be keen, but... As I've said before, I don't mind someone playing wing, providing your fullback's a decent ball player because they can get some easy four-pointers that way. Um, and you might you might bounce over for an easy two tries and then you get a lot of runs and kick returns as well. So I don't hate it, but I'll tell you what, if you're a Valentine Holmes owner, I'd be very worried this week and you'd, you'd surely be looking to move on against the Roosters if he's playing on the wing. Um, and as a hammer owner, I'm just pumped that he's back because that's a price rise I was worried I wouldn't get. Um, and I'll be able to, to move him on for some cash in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm a hammer owner as well. And to see him get that price rise, even if he does move to the wing, um, just to make some sort of coin, he's pretty relieving. So very happy about that. At the Roosters, winger Daniel Tupu and skipper Boyd Cordner are out. Uh, Cordner had a head knock and that's more precaution. And they just don't see a need to risk him with the way they're playing at the moment. Ryan Hall starts on the wing, Mitch Orbison in the back row with Lachlan Lamb joining the bench. Daniel Tupu is a guy I've had eyed off so long to come into my team this week. Uh, I really, really wanted him into my side, and I think it might be a syndesmosis or one of those injuries, but he's out for a pretty lengthy stint. Um, Spy, the Roosters are a team that I can see. I just With their run coming up, they've got an extremely easy next four or five weeks. Um, there's pods everywhere, mate. Who, who's taking your attention? Mate, time to get on. I remember we spoke early in the season and we our comment every time was, look, the Roosters probably aren't super interesting. Super coach-wise, they'll spread the love, all that sort of stuff. Now it's get as many as you can because they are just playing so much better than I thought they would. The new rules just suit them down to the ground with their forwards and their, and their good footwork and all the rest. Uh, for me, my buy of the week is honestly Angus Crichton. Uh, as long as that's pending not owning t- Teddy. If you own Teddy already... I think you should get on Crichton. Um, hopefully a lot of people ignore me so he stays a decent pod, but his base is really good and his attacking outside is enormous, especially with the run the Roosters have and the combination he's forging with Teddy around the ruck. Teddy's playing a lot of first receiver at the moment, which he hasn't done previously, and he's skipping in and away and throwing really nice short balls across the face. I can see um, Crichton benefiting from that, so I can't wait to get him into my side, mate. Um Outside of that, take your pick, any of the back line. Ryan Hall's a really good shout. Um, he'll lock in for a while now. He's pretty cheap. He's got a good run. I don't think I can get him this week because Sevo would become too out of price, but he's probably someone I'll, I'll bring in next week, almost without a doubt, um, after watching him this week. But he looks good. Kiri looks good with a little bit of risk, but he's playing some nice footy as usual. Flanagan, goal-kicking. Takiaho got some good minutes. Nat Butcher definitely is a wait and see. He didn't go that well last week, but, gee, it's stacked with some excitement, the old chooks. 
Yeah, you can seriously make a case for just about their their entire starting side. It is unbelievable. Um, we were we had a good look at who would get the minutes with Victor Radley out. Takiaho, I think off the top of my head, played sixty five minutes. Um, they did have an extra sort of four or five minutes of extra time, but still good to see him play decent minutes. Nat Butcher played early fifties, solid for him. If you look at him as a mid range cow, um, Walson. What are your thoughts on the Roosters? And I'll start by saying I know we touched on it before, but if you are, there was a lot of questions on social media about is James Tedesco an absolute must this week? Let's say people own Caelan Ponga because most of us do. Do you just have to go to James Tedesco and find a way to make it happen, or is there an alternative option to that? Uh, it, it's, it really depends on the makeup of your side. I mean, but I wouldn't normally say this because by my calculations, um, the way this year's gone, and uh, if you're buying him in at nine hundred and thirty thousand, he's got to average one hundred and eight for the rest of the year to be valued. Now, it's not that that sounds insane, but it's not within the realms of possibility that you could do that. But also the fact that you can also captain him's got to be taken into account as well, because if you captain someone, you get double their points, so it's obviously worth a lot more to you. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think yeah. You know, Long story short, he is. You have to bring him in. Um, yeah. So, and particularly if you're playing in in leagues and things like that, the player that I'm really interested in is Ryan Hall. But it's going to be interesting to wa- to see the way that they line up uh, the Roosters and the way they play. They like to hit the left side a lot. Um, there's a bit of mail around that Brett Morris will move from right wing to left wing to play outside his brother. Um, so that would mean. That a lot of the yeah they'll set up to a right po- right hand post a uh, goal post and then um, hit hit the left side <laughs> all day long which they basically did against the Broncos and racked up a good score. Um, they're not a side like it, it appears that the Knights against Manly we'll talk about them a bit more were setting up for things in in future down the track which I think they sort of probably getting a bit cute but they got away with the game but the Roosters. Uh, from what I've seen, don't necess- aren't necessarily doing that after they've come back from the COVID break. They're just trying to bank the points wherever they can. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go out there and just try and put on a clinic and expose that right-hand side defence of um, the Cowboys. But, yeah, Ryan Hall is one to consider. Obviously, Brett Morris, Josh Morris, uh, anyone but Manu in the back line, basically. I'm not a big fan of Keery. Um, Flanagan... I think is a is a good prospect given he's going to kick a lot of goals, um, and like you said, TKO. It, it, it'll interest me where if a, actually Mitch Orbison plays left or right, uh, left second row because he's not suited to it. He's you know when I think of Mitch Orbison, I think he's he's basically a, a middle or right right hand side player. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Nat Butcher line up on the left edge and you know Mitch Orbison to play in the middle. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, and I suppose the other option is, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Angus Crichton at the Bunnies and even a bit at the uh, Roost, uh, at the Roosters when he got there and all uh, Boyd Corden was out, he played on the left a lot. I think that the right's been a change that's come along as a result of uh, playing having Boyd Corden on that left edge. If Crichton ends up moving that left edge and Orbo to his preferred right edge, Crichton's going to be playing outside Keary on that lethal left edge that you just spoke in depth about. Mate, that's I think huge. Exactly, huge. Um, yeah, and, and you Crichton. know, what, um, Timmy, I, I know you're keen on him too, but that to me that makes Kiri 
a realistic prospect too because he's got that. And not to say Boyd Cordner's not a good hole runner, but he's he's not as dynamic as Angus Crichton, I don't think. So if he does move on to that left edge, even, even for one game, it probably, yeah, it, w- it would make me think that Kiri's going to go pretty well against the, the Cows. Yeah. My one issue with Crichton, Takiyaho and Butcher is that We've seen Trent Robinson in the past, as particularly in the last couple of years, he's been happy to rest his stars in as in the back end of the year. I know we're not quite there yet, but the Roosters are looking pretty comfortable. They're winning games with ease. When they get out some big leads over the next month, and they will, I can see these guys getting early showers, and Angus Crichton is the main one there who could, having played 80 minutes week in, week out. The only thing is, I mean, if the Roosters are putting on points and they're up by 30 and he gets an early shower let's hope he's jarred a bit of an attacking stat. So I wouldn't be put off by the decision to trade him in, but it is something to consider. Uh, mm. Friday, 6pm at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast, Titans versus Warriors. Um, lads, we'll get through this one pretty quick. At the Titans, Corey Thompson returns to fullback. Main Spry today, boo. That one's been a long time coming. A lot of hype about this young fella. Uh, he's on the wing and Tyrone Roberts is out after playing fullback last week. Sam Stone is caught up in the back row with Bo Firma, a very popular cheapie this week, switching to centre. Make of that what you will. Tyrone Peachy moves to the bench. Aaron Clark starts at hooker for Mitch Rain, who's out with an ankle injury. Um, fair bit going on at the Titans. Um, look, Mo Fodawake is ticking along really well. I think he played 65 minutes on the weekend. Uh, points per minute was down a little bit, but still looking good. Um, the only one I want to hear here, guys, is Spy. What are your thoughts on, on Bo Firma as a buy this week? <clears throat> he played bloody well last week. Um, I guess if you need a cash cow and there's not a lot else doing, then you could grab him because looks like he might have cemented a place in the side and he's, he's probably sure to make you a bit of cash at some stage. So I don't hate it if you need a cash cow. Yeah, I just think wait till next week unless you desperately need the cash this week. We, we see these um, Titans 17 each week. They chop and change something chronic. We've already seen him debut last week and play 80 minutes. You know, Kevin Proctor's going to come back into that rotation pretty soon. Uh, he's now playing centre. Just wait till next week if you can because he could be out of the 17 next week. Who knows? Yeah, uh, I would touch it. I don't know any of that. Yeah. Over at the Warriors. I guess, I guess uh, the uh, thing just quickly is <laughs> – so if you need a forward cash cow, then this week, in order to get to someone like a Crichton or a Tedesco, and you've got to take a pun on someone, he's better than he's better than obviously a lot of blokes. So you can take take the risk, but knowing he may drop out. Yeah, the only one I'd want to be taking that punt on to free up cash if you had to do it was if it meant getting Tedesco, and in which case, all right, go for it. But otherwise, oof, playing with fire. Uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek returns from a one-game suspension at fullback. Peter Hiku shifts to centre, and Jared Beale out. Chanel Harris-Tavita starts at 5'8 for Cody Nikarima, who is out with a head knock. Jazz Tavanga is back from injury on the bench. Massive news because of Tohu Harris. Uh, Carl Lawton has been named at lock. Tohu Harris in the second row in a swap from where each played last week. Um, I'll just get your quick thoughts here. We have spoken about the Warriors a little bit, uh, but we'll go to you, Walson. Tohu Harris is just playing like a machine at the moment, and more so his super coach output in big minutes. Uh, are you worried about him with Jazz Tavanga back? Uh, yeah, I think everyone is. I mean, or anyone who's got him, it's only like 2 or 3% that have got him, and congratulations. It's, there probably hasn't been a year in the last three or four years that I've played where I haven't had toe at some stage. I generally try to start with him, but uh, this year I didn't start with him. So, um, But some people did, and, and it's really paid off for him. 
It's going to be interesting because I think he's actually played that role really well and I think that suits his game even more so than being an edge-back role, which he's a very good one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's they're really looking at their roster. Um, they got Ben Murdoch-Masilla to come in next year who play on an edge and then they've got L- um, LS- Eliesa Katoa to come back. I imagine they'll be the two edge players and uh, I'm not sure everyone fits into that side and, uh, we know Jazz Tabung is a good player, but uh, he's not that strong a defender because uh, he tackles low. He does a lot of tackles, but he tackles low, which is probably not that effective. So, yeah, I mean, the relevant super coach players, I think RTS is a really good pod for those people that want to go left field, um, even if it's just for a week. Um, and I think Chanel Harris-Tavita, uh, the way he played last week, Looks pretty good, but you've got to temper it because they did play against the Broncos and the Broncos are going ordinary at the moment. Yeah, mate, just quickly on Tohu, the issue is probably not that he loses minutes. We still think he'll play 80 minutes, but we think he's no, work he rate will minutes. Yeah. Just, the work rate yeah, drops. Yeah, on yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just a work rate, Timmy. So, I mean, if you go back, like he's a player that uh, – it's a different economy now, like with the super coach scoring, but he's a player that could average, you know, 60 to 65 as a back rower. So he was up there with the elite back rowers or just just, just below those top back rowers. But um, in saying that, the Warriors haven't had that much attack in them this year, although the two games with Peyton, I know people say the Melbourne game, maybe not as much, but they bombed a fair few tries and they, they do look like they're going to open them up a little bit the biggest test will be when RTS comes back against uh, the Titans on a dry track at Seabus uh, Super Stadium on Friday night. So very interesting game for for uh, fans of the, both those teams. Yep. Rabbitohs v Tigers, Friday 7.55 p.m. at the Rabbitohs. Braden Burns is out due to a knee injury which looked pretty nasty on the weekend, I believe, that season, but don't quote me on it. Bailey Searnan returns from a minor back complaint and will come off the bench for the Bunnies. Uh, Spy, who do you like, dislike at the Rabbitohs? I'm still a little bit dislike on Luttrell. Um, I watched him on the weekend pretty nervous as a non-owner against the Bulldogs. He he got in a bit of space a few times, but he's just not getting the ball enough to be a real threat to be an elite, elite centre in your side. Uh, and your super coach team. I'll still be a little bit nervous watching him each week, but I'm very happy that I didn't choose to own him at this stage. Um, outside of that, probably nothing major outside of Damian Cook and Cam Murray. Cook's playing some better footy. He's probably looking a little bit better by the week. Um, so he's one to keep an eye on, and you could take a, you could get back onto him if you wanted to upgrade one of Coruscant or maybe one of the other boys. Um, and Cam Murray, I'll be interested in your thoughts, Tim. Just can't quite get the minutes, can he, at the moment? He had a try assist on the weekend, which propped him up, but he's still only just going okay. Yeah, he, he played an extra four or five minutes, up to 63 minutes on the weekend, Cam Murray. Um, look, any other year he'd still be a keeper and a genuine gun, but unless he's playing 70-plus minutes, at the moment he needs an attacking stat and a mage one at that to match the elite second row forwards, your McInnes's, your, you know, your Madison's, your Tamalolos. Um, so while I'm an owner and I'm happy enough, um, I just I don't think he's a genuine keeper until we start seeing him play minimum 65 minutes um, and probably you want him playing 70 or more. I don't know why he's not. I really don't. But um, the, the 
the thing about Cam Murray is we know how good he is in attack and he does get a lot of attacking stats. And I think he's probably been down on attacking stats here and I see it improving. Um, but it is a bit of a worry. And Latrell Mitchell, I certainly wouldn't be selling if I owned him, uh, but he was a guy I was eyeing off and have been for the last couple of weeks. But he's now about 520K. He's pretty cheap and he's only going to get cheaper after the dud he had two weeks ago. So I'll be eyeing him off. Wouldn't be buying, but I wouldn't be selling if I owned him. Wilson, you are an owner. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm tossing up selling him. Uh, just, you know, someone like RTS or um, or Gutho or something like that. But, yeah, he's a hard one, Latrell. I mean, he's got points in him, but he doesn't have that goal kicking as well. And um, a lot of Spy said he's, he's, he's not really that active. He can score a lot of points with minimal touches. He's always been a player like that. But um, I think he'll come good. Souths are a team that are just sort of biding time at the moment. They're a funny sort of side like that. I, I don't know what they're coming on the ladder, maybe uh, around that eighth position. But they're a side that you feel like if they get hot at the right end of the season, they could do something because um, they've got a pretty decent side. Whether they've got the forwards to really make a shake of the, of the finals, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I think Latrell's a player, like you said, you need to keep a close eye on for the back end of the year. Yeah, got his base up here. He's got a base of 17, which is like unbelievably low for a fullback. That's saying basically he's having seven and a half effective runs a game and that's his base for a game, which when you see Teddy having 25 runs a game, I mean, it says a lot about the two players. Um, I will oh, say this. Just, I mean, like, yeah. yeah, if you watch him play, Timmy, like he doesn't – he's one of those – you know, like you used to have Matty Bowen and, and like Pappenhaus probably has every right to do it. You know, they're that light – um, that they need to dish off to the bigger um, wingers, you know. So the wingers will stay back, and they'll, they'll play. Um, they'll play with three players back, and then the the fullback will get it, and then they'll dish off to a winger. The reason they do that is because if you've got a really light fullback like a Matty Bowen or a Pappenhausen, they just get driven back five or ten. And we saw it happen to Pappenhausen a couple of times against the Roosters. You know, he just got he'd make some good yards, he'd run hard, and then he'd just get lifted and get driven back. So. Um, the Trail Mitchell does it, but like it's it makes no sense. It's just lazy, really. Well, it looks lazy because he's the type of bloke that'll run up and he'll break three or four tackles every time he runs, but he just doesn't have that cardio at the moment to sustain it. I think. Yeah, exactly right, mate. Um, he has a break even of one hundred and thirty. So if you do own and you're looking to sell, I think it has to be this week because after this week he drops well below five hundred k, barring an enormous score. Um, in which case you, you don't have your value in him. He's not that bad, so you probably don't want to sell, but there's still enough value in him that if you do want to sell, I'd be doing it this week. At the Tigers, Michael Cheekham moves to centre for the suspended Joey Leilua. Chris Lawrence is called up onto the bench. Moses Mbai, Luciano Leilua, Sam McIntyre have all been named, but in a little bit of doubt. Uh, I'll start with you, Spy. A little bit going on at the Tigers. Um, what do you reckon there? Yeah, pretty big raps on Adam Dewey. He's playing some nice footy, and he goal-kicked last week, which is huge for Supercoach purposes. Uh, I don't know if it's just because Moses Mbai was sort of carrying a niggle, a bit of an injury, but, gee, I don't mind even mind him as an option in the centres if you want to go that way. Nofaluma, I really hope, drops in price sooner rather than later. I was tossing up between him and Sevo this week, but for an extra 100 grand, or 100 grand less, I'm going to go with Sevo, but... Gee, it'd be nice if you punch out a couple of 35-40s for the rest of us, um, non-owners. Outside of that, I brought in Tommy Talao last week. He scored another try. I quite like him as a winger. He's a good, strong runner. 
um, quite a young fella, so he's a, a good cash cow, although I don't know what he's worth now. Maybe it's a little bit too late. And for Luciano Lua owners like myself, a couple of weeks ago at halftime, he'd basically done nothing in a match. I think it was on a Sunday night, and I was already looking for the trade button for next week. But he came out in the second half, and they changed their game plan game plan slightly to get him running a lot more um, a lot more short balls, and which led to more runs, tackle busts, and offloads. And then last week, I thought he played really well again before getting KO'd by Appy uh, falling in that tackle. And he was on track for 60-odd without any attacking stats, really. So I'm glad to see him named because I want to hold on to him. I, I had a choice between selling Jai Arrow or Luciano this week, but for the price Luciano is now at, it doesn't make sense to sell him for mine. Um, so I'm going to hold on to him and hope he can find some combination which, which he looks to be developing and uh, maybe punch out some nice scores. Yeah, if you're after a super pod, like a super bloody duper pod, Matt Eisenhuth, been named at lock for the third week in a row. Scored 94 points with a try last week. He's owned by less than 1% of super coaches for good reason. 67 in base last week. Played 74 minutes. So basically the average 12 roll. Um, it had taken ballsy super coach to jump on at 490k with the instability over his job security. But that's three weeks in a row he's played over 60 minutes. Um, so he looks like there's a bit of uh, faith from Madge Maguire there. Um, Wilson, what are your thoughts on Matty Eisenhuth and sort of the rest of the Tigers lineup? Yeah, I, I, I really like uh, Matty Eisenhuth. The, the problem, I looked at him really closely, but the, the thing was uh, he's probably not going to get the minutes. Um, that score on the weekend is obviously he had the try, but his base was really good. But, uh, you know, McIntyre got knocked out and then uh, uh, Leilua got knocked out. Yeah. Yeah, that's two forwards in the back row. So I think... I think you got to be wary of that. But if you grabbed him, I think you can lock him in for 55 to 70 a week, um, which is probably, you know, he'll probably see value. What's he What's he cost at the moment? He's under 500,000. Yeah, he's 4.9, so he's not better. cheap. No, he's not He's not cheap, but he's going to – if you buy him at that, he's going to produce value for you, I think. So I think I, think I worked out um, he'd have to get 57 um, a week to see value. Um, so I think he'll do there and thereabouts. But there's more enticing options, like you want to try and get to Crichton and you want to try and get to McInnes, I think, in that, in that back row. Lads, yeah, just be wary. Know. I'm just on Twitter now, and NRL Physio is reporting this afternoon that 12 may actually be back as early as next week. So that takes Eisenhuth out of the equation if that's uh, he's normally on the money, Physio. Yeah. Put a line through him. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Tommy Talao, but negative 31 break even. He's now 269K. But if you do need a cheapie in the back line, he looks pretty um, short of a spot there. So you could do worse than picking up him next uh, this week. He's a bit of a cash grab. Sharks-Panthers, 3 p.m. on Saturday at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. The Sharkies have hit form, thank God, because I have a few of them in my side. Matty Moylan is out with a hamstring injury. Shock horror. Josh Dugan moves to fullback. Bryson Goodwin to centre. Ronaldo Mulitalo is back from injury on the wing. Sorry, we're doing this podcast a bit earlier this week, so a few of the uh, team decisions are a bit of a shock. Um, so what's happened? Yeah, poor old Bryson Goodwin gone. Uh, Sione Katoa's kept his no, spot. In the Bryson, Bryson Goodwin's gone to centre. Sione Katoa is still on the wing. It'll be interesting to see if he plays on the left or the right because if he plays on the left and he's not on SJ's wing, that is a hammer blow for him. 
Uh, Andrew Fafida has again been named to start despite reverting back to the bench on game day in recent weeks. Um, lads, I've played Blake Braley the last two weeks and he's looking exceptional. He's really come along as a footballer. He's looking more and more confident each week as a number nine at NRL level. He's starting to run it. Um, the couple of nice little matchups the Sharks have had have, have made it a bit easier for him to do that. Um, I'll shoot over to you, Wilson. You Anything you like at the Sharks? Uh, I'm interested in Josh Dugan, whether he's got the cardio to hold up at fullback, but he's a pretty good player, Josh Dugan, you know, like on, when he's fit. Um, the problem with him is it's a bit like Moylan, you know, he gets injured so much, but it's really going to affect the Sharks uh, because – they were playing this pattern of play where Moylan would get in there at first receiver and it really opened up um, Chad Townsend and Sean Johnson's game. So this is this is a real litmus test for them because they've won the games that they should have and now they play uh, a red-hot uh, Panthers side. Bryson Goodwin's a good player. You know, he's, um, I think, banged out 350s in a row, but they're all on the back of uh, tries. He's, he's not as quick as he used to be and he doesn't have the tackle break ability that he used to be, but um, he's one that you'd look at in the draft leagues. Um, I know, Timmy, have you still got Jesse Ramian? I do. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's an interesting one for you and, and I think he lines up against young Crichton who got a bath from um, Wanga Blake a couple of weeks back. He's gone pretty well since, so um, yeah, I think Probably the biggest thing is how's Sean Johnson going to go um, scoring wise against like a Nathan Cleary, but there's not a lot that interests me in that in that uh, shark side. Yeah, I tell you what, poor old Will Kennedy's been hard done by a little bit there. I thought he was pretty good early in the year. I know the Sharks weren't winning a lot of games, but um, I don't think he was to blame. I thought he was playing some good footy, and um, he's a lot more of a ball player than Josh Dugan at fullback. And I thought the Sharks were starting to find a bit of flair in attack, so. Um, as you said, Moylan out's a huge loss for them and all their attacking players, and that includes SJ, Ramian. Um, so a bit of a worry, but they do have that nice run. Dukes is one to keep an eye on because he's a, he's a fit bugger. I don't mean he's like when it comes to injuries, but he's just a naturally fit bloke who gets through a lot of work uh, when he is playing fullback. So keep an eye on him as a, a super pod. Um, Spy, any thoughts over at Cronulla? Just the big one is Sione Katoa owners. If he lines up on the right edge again, I'm a really big fan of him for super coach purposes. He's doing a good job, big work rate. Um, he busts tackles and he's scoring a lot of tries outside Johnson. If he happens to go back to the left and Mulatalo goes right, I'd be very concerned. Uh, you, you don't want that to happen for mine. Um, and yeah, just on Sean, I'd cash, but I guess you'll, you'll let it go this weekend because depending on his break even, I don't know what it is. But if he goes left, he's not going to get mm. the same quality of service and he'll have less runs, I think, as well because a lot of their footy comes just down the right-hand side. Um, and outside of that, Shawnee Johnson, I stayed off last week and held Munster um, with a view to this match. I thought he may struggle a little bit against Penrith. Um, he also may kill it. It's hard to tell with Shawnee, but he's playing some nice footy, but I still think his four could be quite low. So interesting watch for me there. I personally was hoping he goes pretty low, but then obviously our man Tim's got him and he's up into 58. So for that reason, SJ can have a blinder for you, mate. Thanks for the support, mate. I really do appreciate it. Um, at Penrith, Brian Toto is out with a – it's an ankle injury. Dean Vare is back at centre and Brent Naden shifts to the wing. Um, the Penrith lineup's been pretty solid this year. It hasn't chopped and changed too much outside of the, the little odd injury here and there. 
Their super coach output isn't changing. They're still winning games. So, I mean, there's not too much to add from recent weeks. The only thing I will add is that they do have a nice draw of Cronulla, the Cowboys, the Titans coming up in the next few weeks. So it probably does make them all a little bit more appealing. We saw Jerome Luai outdo Nathan Cleary there on the weekend by quite significantly. Um, a lot of people have held Jerome Luai. I'm one of them. Very happy about it. He's got that dual half 5'8 status um, and will now get a few more cash rises before being upgraded. Whilst anything to add at Penrith? No, I mean, it shapes well for them. They're, they're shaping up really well, the Panthers, so it's hard to fold them. It's a bit like uh, Parramatta and the Roosters. Um, but they just look like the hot teams at the moment. I know the Roosters got rolled by the storm, but, uh, yeah, they just, they're just playing fast, um, aggressive footy. And, um, yeah, I think you've got to get Cleary in. Um, if you haven't got Cleary, which I haven't either, uh, but, <laughs> yeah, I think you've got to get Cleary as soon as you can, particularly with the run they're about to go on. And when I say run, I mean the run for the rest of the year. They've, they've got an unbelievably good draw. So um, they they would have to fall in a massive hole or have some serious injuries to key position players um, to not finish in the top four. Yeah, they're playing some serious footy. And now as far as Supercoach investments go, there's plenty of good options there with that run. Uh, the Broncos take on the Bulldogs Saturday 5.30 at Suncorp Stadium. Who knows what this is going to throw up? I, I have got no idea what's going on at the Broncos. I don't think anyone does, to be fair. Anthony Seabold has named the same 17 as last week with a slight forward reshuffle. Tamita Pangai Jr. moves to prop. Tommy Flegler to the bench and Corey Oates to starting second row. Katoni Staggs nears return from a hamstring injury and has been named in reserves. Uh, lads, we won't spend too much time on the Broncos. Paddy Carrigan, who I was reluctant to play last week but had to put him in my front row, played, I think, almost his biggest minutes of the year, got through a mountain of tackles, 75-odd points, um, nearly all in base. So he's a big one. Um, and whilst TPJ moving to the front row, you do you own him? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't own him. I don't own him. I know some people who do, and uh, that would be a real um, – a real hit for him, I'd say, because uh, they brought him in as a pod. And, um, yeah, I mean, obviously he'll make more tackles and runs, but uh, he won't be able to – He his tackle breaks will be down and maybe even his offloads. Hopefully he does a few offloads there, but um, without him playing on the edge, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see whether he does his first stint and then comes on for a second stint um, and maybe spells Corey Oates. Corey Oates is a really peculiar selection at second row a week after mm-hmm. he was dropped and reinstated. And then he came on and both games he's played second row. I don't think he's gone that well from what I've seen. But, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, if they can't beat the Bulldogs, they're really struggling, the Bronx. Yeah, I mean, and then you look at Dave Fafita, who's only a couple of weeks away, potentially even next week from injury, who's going to slot back in in the second row there. So the forward part's going to be pretty close to fully fit. Oates isn't going to be your long-term back row, or at least not this year. So, I mean, you either cut him and take him out of the 17 or you play him on the wing. So it, it is odd. Um, Spy, do you have anything to add at Brisbane? All they'll say is, looking at that lineup, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see a heap of changes come hour before kickoff when they announce the proper teams. Um, anything could happen there. Katoni Staggs on the extended bench. That's exciting. I want to see him back playing because he's such a good young player. 
Um, then they got Corey Pax and Matty Lodge as well, who are nearing returns, and they're on the extended bench. So anything could happen there in the rotation for mine. But yeah, for me, it's just going to be a case of the minutes for the Broncos forwards, Haas and Carrigan, and seeing how Tessie New goes at the back. At the Bulldogs, Adam Elliott is out with a dislocated shoulder. A big shame because, I mean, big shame for the Bulldogs because I think he's been their best forward all year by some margin. He was actually relatively super coach relevant. He was pumping out some big scores over the last month. British recruit Luke Thompson makes his club debut in the number 13 jersey. Uh, exciting prospect there, and hopefully he can help the Dogs with their go forward and add a little bit of variety to their forward pack, especially with Adam Elliott out. Um, we're not going to spend much time at all on the Dogs because with Hopper gone, Adam Elliott gone, their only super coach relevance at the moment is Raymond Fatala Mariner, who's playing 80 minutes on the edge, and has looked pretty good, and he's scoring well. Whilst and you don't mind him. Yeah, I don't mind uh, RFM. Uh, he's going to play 80 minutes now. That's locked in. That was the reluctance to get him. He's definitely underpriced. Um, he's probably just below um, those marquee second rowers. So, but certainly. If you're short on cash and you can't get to an Angus Crichton or a Cam McInnes, he's not a bad stepping stone because he's going to pump out, you know, somewhere between, you know, probably 58, high 50s to, you know, possibly a 70 and, and 80 if he can jag a try or um, some attacking stats. He hasn't offloaded that much this year, which he does have in his game. So if he opens that up, uh, he could be a real possibility. I'm, I'm interested to see how the pommy goes too, Thompson. Um, I wouldn't be bringing him in. That would be a real left field call. But uh, have a look at his first two games and see what his work rate. Apparently he's a, he's a bit of a worker, so um, keep an eye on Luke Thompson. Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see how, uh, how how his fitness goes. He had that couple of weeks in isolation down in Melbourne. Um, you know, he would have had the, the isolation over in England with how tough they were doing it over there. So if he comes back and plays decent minutes and he's got that, that typical pommy motor on him, uh, he'll be a very interesting one going forward. Um, hopefully a good signing for the Dogs, which I'm sure he will be, because there's not many Pommy forwards who don't do well over here. Uh, on to the next game. This will be, well, it'll be a blockbuster if the Raiders can find a bit of form. Raiders versus Storm, 7.35pm at GAO Stadium in the nation's capital. Another night game. It is going to be freezing down there. Jeez, it was fresh last week. The Storm are coming down from the sunny coast, I think it is. So a nice little uh, weather change for them, or not so nice. Big things going on at the Raiders. Uh, their forward pack is depleted. Sia Soliola and Emre Gula are out long-term. Dynamis Louis back at starting prop alongside Josh Papali and Kai O'Donnell, who debuts off the bench. Joe Tappany starts at lock after being benched last week. Ryan Sutton reverts back to the pine. He played really, really well last week. Jordan Rapana takes Curtis Scott on base on the interchange bench. Um Hudson Young looks locked into 80 minutes now. He's a guy that I'm – I don't probably don't need him that much because my back row is looking all right, but I like Hudson Young as a buyer this week. Uh, he'll be playing big minutes. He's got some attack in him. Don't mind him at all. If you've got Joe Tappany, I think he's a sell. Um, and the really interesting one here is Josh Papali, who with all these middle forwards going down injured, he's set for big minutes. Ricky Stewart always – eases Papali into the season. He tries to save him for the back end of the year for the big minutes in the run to the finals. Uh, I think he's going to have to do that a little bit earlier this year, which means I think Josh Papali, I'm going to give him a week and have a look at his minutes, but I think he's a massive buy. What do you reckon, Spy? Yeah, I'm always a fan of Papali, especially moving forward, as you said, as the year goes on. And with injuries happening, possibly plays extra minutes, and I still think he may have to offload a little bit more moving forward. So he's definitely a candidate for anyone's side. 
Yeah. Over at the Storm, Marion Seve replaces Suliasi <coughs> Vunavala, who's out with a hamstring injury. Uh, that's on the wing. Riley Jacks has been named to start in the halves with Cam Smith at hooker and Brandon Smith on the bench. Uh, that's an interesting one there as well. I thought they might have stuck with Smith at halfback. Um, Walsh, what do you reckon over at Melbourne? Much interest there? Oh, just interested in number 19, Cameron Munster. Hello, Cameron. I know the spy is very interesting because he kept him, but I saw I nearly, him, Yeah, you fall off your chair there, mate. But I, I thought an interview with Cam Munster on one of those Fox shows where he said he could be four to six weeks away. So I don't know if he's just foxing a little bit, but for him to be named in the reserves probably tells you he's not too far away. Um, and Branko Lee is another one of interest because he had a spot before Momorowski came in, but Momorowski's done a great job there. So, um, yeah, they're, they're probably you – know, I'm, I'm eyeing off Pappenhausen um, for that game versus the Titans because I think he averages something like 110 versus the Titans. So, uh, but, wow. yeah. A low score from him this week so I can get him as cheap as possible would be good. Yeah, there's a lot of questions about Brandon Smith that we've had as well. And, I mean, I think people would probably expect him to get named to start. It wouldn't shock me to see that change come game day. Um, but I just think there's too much uncertainty around Brandon Smith. We know he's upside if he does play big minutes. And Bellamy's hinted, I think, this week at playing bigger minutes because he's earned it over all this time. But, I mean, the f- mere fact that he's been named at 14 there, there's just too much of a risk for me. Um, other bit of interest was in Tom Eisenhuth, who's had a good couple of weeks, but again, um, with with injuries there, Cam Munster who could come back in, which had made bigger minutes for Brandon Smith. That just, I think there's just too much risk there, so probably one to avoid. Looks like a bit of a trap. Knights v Eels Sunday 4:05 p.m. at McDonald Jones Stadium in the Hunter at the Knights. Edric Lee is out. Tex Hoy starts in his place. Sione Matautia is out due to a head knock suffering against Manly with Aiden Guerra starting in the back row. Um, Stafford Tower and Brody Jones, Jones join the interchange. Connor Watson named at 21. Draft players, get on your, your uh, free agents list and pick up Connor Watson. Um, I mean, we've spoken about Kalen Pong. We've spoken about Bradman and Best. Kurt Mann continues to get it done. I think Kurt Mann is nearing his peak. I don't think he's a top four centre wing at the end of the year because I don't think he has the ceiling. Um, so he's a guy that I'll be looking to move on, but probably don't have the luxury of doing it this week. But he's at over 500K, you can turn him into someone like David Nofaluma for not too much of a price. Um, Spy, anything to add there at the Knights? Yeah, I definitely agree with you on man. He's playing great footy, but he's going to be a nice upgrade pretty soon. Um, Clemmer and Safedi in the front row, both doing a great job. I'll be possibly looking for a new front rower as early as next week. Um, and I like how Clemmer's playing. He's so consistent. Outside of the Melbourne game, I think he's scored around 70 nearly every week. Um, and just quickly on Bradman Best, his last week was a bit of a write-off due to what happened with Kalen, and it was a boggy track and how manly defend. He's got a really good work rate. So Bradman Best, he'll run and he'll tackle a fair bit to get up to a decent base. If he can find any sort of form and combination again with Ponga moving forward, I still like him as a as a hold in the centres. I can understand mm. if you wanted to get rid of him. That's certainly fine, but I'm pretty happy to look sort of deal with other issues at the moment. As you say that, I'm just checking him out. He has a base of 40 per game for a centre, which is like Josh Mansour levels of base. Um, and we know he's attacking upside, so I don't hate that call at all. I was looking at selling this week, but you might have persuaded me pretty quickly to be as a potential hold. Um 
Walsh, anything to add at Newcastle? Oh, just probably the most super coach frustrating side getting around. I think this is this is probably definitely the most super coach relevant game. You've got to wait till the uh, second last game of the round. But with what the Knights aren't doing and then what the Eels are doing, uh, I think you'll see a fair few trades based around this game. You know, maybe Ponger out and Gutho in, uh, maybe Best out and Sivo in. So um, it's also – I – tend to sort of think that Bradman Best is not going to get that clean ball the way that the Knights are playing. They've really compacted their attacking game. Like they could come out this week and totally change it, but it seems like they've consciously, they want to make themselves into a gritty side. I listened to O'Brien in the press conference and he's like, I don't even care if we won that game. It was just about getting back to being gritty and not putting in a performance like we did against uh, the Cowboys, so their focus is on defence and, um, yeah, while, while they're persisting with Ponga not playing down that left-hand side, Ponga and Best are both outs for me. Yeah, I like the um, I like the use of the word conscious there. Um, Adam O'Brien knows exactly what he's doing by playing um, Caelan Ponga on the right. We as super coaches and NRL fans don't have to agree with it, but he's playing there for a reason. It's part of their game plan. It's not just because Caelan's favourite by choice. Um, which is pretty dire sort of news for anyone who does own Caelan Pronger and his potential super coach output and Bradman Best. Over at the Eels, Nathan Brown returns from suspension at lock, pushing Murata Niakora to the bench. Stefan Utakamanu debuts off the bench with Ray Stone and Oregon Kafusi. Just quietly, I think I just nailed Utakamanu's name or got pretty close to it, but then I mispronounced debut. Um, that's a <laughs> 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 um, Spy, we've spoken about Gutherson, we've spoken about Sevo. Anything to add at Parramatta? Um, not a whole lot um, outside of Dylan Brown just being an absolute superstar player. God, he's good, that guy. Um, and a decent superstar player as well. Uh, me and Wells just love the man. He might be, what do you reckon, new favourite player, Wells? Heading into. Oh, he's the getting up season. there, mate. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think no, no there as well. So. <laughs> he's close for me as well, mate. Um, only thing is when Moses returns, he'll get a little bit more ball again. And just the same thing I said last week on Dylan Brown for super coach reasons is he won't always get the try assist. Gutho will steal a lot off him by sweeping around the back. So I like him, but I'm still not convinced he's an out and out superstar super coach player just yet until he becomes maybe the runner of a side. Um, and Ryan Madison, there was a bit of sort of owners were panicking a little bit after the game last week. Live scores had him at about 52, and then he upgraded to 64. Um, again, live scoring not being that accurate. I still think it'll go all right. I had a look at how many runs he had compared to the weeks with Moses, and it was still about the same, that 14-15 mark. He just didn't bust many tackles or offload a heap last week. So owners just hold on tight there, and he'll still do a job for us. And those who don't own Madison, maybe hold off a week or two and try to get him cheaper, but I'm not too worried about him. Yeah, uh, good point you make there because I was worried last week that Madison would see less quality ball, and I think it happened. But, I mean, as you said, the facts are facts. He's had the similar amount of runs than he had to other weeks. So, you know, maybe the attacking opportunity is not good, as good there without Moses. You know, there's, you know, he's getting, he's isolating the opposing defenders a lot less. So, I mean, Jai Field there, that's naturally going to happen. No discredit to him, but Maddo might not have the tackle breaks, the offloads, you know, the potential for tries and tries. Certainly not a sell, but yeah, if I didn't own, with the tough run coming up, um, which I haven't said all season, but I'd be happy to wait two weeks till Moses comes back for Ryan Madison. Um, 
Whilst I know you're a little bit keen on him, but Junior Paulo, seven offloads on the weekend, big minutes. He's averaging over 70 points per game. I think he's been probably largely disregarded this year. Yeah, he has been a bit. I think he's opening eyes now, though. But there's some real um, front row keepers, like uh, Spicehead, Clemmer, um, just solid as a rock, eh, apart from that one game. And um, he's looking to, to actively offload too, which is really good. Um, just that pop out the back. Uh, yeah, Junior Paul is always looking offload. Don't expect him to get as many offloads against a, a better defensive side in Newcastle. But, uh, yeah, I think Maddo's a hold. He's, he's going to be a little bit down maybe until Moses comes back. Um, Dylan Brown, love him. But uh, it's whether you can fit them all in because most people have got SJ looking to get Cleary. So you're gonna have, if you've got three halves, it's going to put you somewhere else. So Joy Gilbert's impressive as well. But... Game worries me a little bit. Like I think a lot of people will bring in Gutho, uh, and I think if you look at his draw, it's really justifiable. But uh, Newcastle, by the looks of what they did against Manly, they'll be going out and trying to make it a dour affair, maybe kick it into touch and really scrappy, make it really scrappy. Um, whether they can do that against Parramatta, who have just been a juggernaut, um, I don't know because one thing that sort of probably holds me up on Guffo and Sebo a little bit is it's not at Bank West where they just have rain, but in saying that, it is a 4 o'clock game. So, um, yeah, it's a big one. I, I think Guffo will be one of the most traded in players as well. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not sold on Gutho either. I think I mean he ticks most boxes. The, the low break even to the big one. So there's cash to be made regardless. So it is a safe move, but – when we're looking at points and people have pretty strong 17s at this point of the year, um, I'm looking at that Pappenhausen matchup against the Titans next week as far as two-week plays go. But um, there are options there. and I'm not completely sold on Clint Gutherson. Um, I tend to go more towards Micah Sevo of the two because Sevo is definitely a lock-in for your centre wing for the rest of the year, whereas Gutho, you know, you're going to be trading out probably to a Tommy Turbo or a Ponger if he starts playing both sides of the field again. Mitch Moses comes back in a couple of weeks that kills Gutho with the, a bit less ball, uh, less won't be goal kicking. So, I think if you're getting him in, I think it's probably a few two or three week play rather than a lock him into your fullback spot. In fact, definitely. yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. I think I think you've got to look at it, have a look at the draw, be prepared to cop maybe fifty or sixty versus Knights. If he gets anything more than that, you're happy with it. But you're sort of getting him in to play um, in those games that follow, which which he get he has. Um, a bit easier games uh, coming up after this Newcastle game. But, yeah, Sebo, you're right. But Sebo, uh, he, he can punch out some low scores as well in the past. I'm not sure if that's past him. But, yeah, just those games I was talking about, they play Manly um, next. Uh, I'm not sure where that game's at. It might be at Lotto Land. But Manly are just decimated with injuries. So, uh, that'll, and then they play against West, who copped a fair bit of injury. Bulldog Sharks, St. Yeah. George. Not a bad run. I just love that. Actually, I, love I just want to say, whilst oh, sorry, lads. I just want to say, whilst on that run, I'm not as convinced of you in the short term. Uh, one of the reasons I was trying to hold off on Sevo for a few more weeks, if I could do it, was because they do play Manly at Lotto Land. Do Manly turn that into a down matchup? Potentially, they do. And then the Tigers are starting to play a bit better footy. If their defence improves, they're a bit of hit. They're hit and miss. They do have some injuries. They might concede points, but if they turn up defensively, potentially Para have three reasonably tough matchups. 
against a defensive side. So I'm a little bit nervous about bringing in Sevo, but like Tim mentioned, I want him for the year anyway. So if he goes only okay for a couple of weeks, I think the rewards will come after that. But if you're pulling in Gutho for two weeks, just trying to get his price rise, just don't expect him to definitely definitely kill it again. You might cop 250s and not make as much money as you hoped. But in saying that, you still make, what, 80 or 100 grand or something. So the upside's there. Yeah. Dragon Seagull 6.30 Sunday night at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium uh, at the Dragons. Tarek Sims is back from a wrist injury in the second row, pushing Tyrell Fumiono to the bench and Corbin Sims to the reserves. Ben Hunt starts at hooker with Cameron McInnes in the number 13 jersey and Trent Merrin back to the bench. Uh, Jordan Pereira replaces Jason Saab on the wing. I mean, the obvious one there is McInnes starting at lock. I think all this means is good news for his supercoach output. Probably a few more runs in there, a little uh, less requirement to get to the ruck each time, so you can hopefully hold a bit more um, of his fitness. And uh, on, on the day, really like that as a McInnes owner. Over at the Seagulls, Taniela Paseca starts a prop for the suspended Adam Fanua Blake with Morgan Boyle, the Cabago Eel, the new name on the bench. Lads, we'll get through this game quickly because there's not much happening at the Dragons, not a lot happening at the Manly Seagulls either. But the one at Manly is Marty Tapao, who's about 410k. He had that nine or 10 point game a couple of weeks ago uh, where I think he must have been injured. Um, he's really cheap. He's a proven gun of super coach. He'll step up his minutes, you'd have to think, with um, Fanua Blake out. Spy, he's got to be an option, doesn't he? Yeah, I actually forgot about his low week when he got hurt. Um, I was going to have a little look after this. And at his price, he could be a huge option, I agree. Wilson? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think of it until, yeah, with AFB being out. It'd be interesting to see whether AFB gets oh, – I heard some comments from Volandis, and they were pretty dirty on, on the way he carried on and some of those derogatory comments he made. So I don't know if they've got any avenue to uh, extend his suspension, but that's a massive loss for Manly. Um, and even Supercoach, how dirty would you be if you brought him in and then like after the game you lose 16 points on him? You know, like I know what what he said's more important and all that, but like he's sitting there with sixty eight points, and then he gets he gets sent off after the game's finished. You'd be um, filthy. Oh, you'd be, you'd be dirty <laughs> because, like, I'd say a fair few people would have brought him in after that one hundred and forty three, and uh, I was tempted to bring him in, but I had cold feet at the end, so I didn't. But uh, yeah, Marty Tapao, it's a fair shout. He, you know, you're getting him fairly cheap. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the minutes rotation is. I think Sean Kepi's another interesting one there. Kate Cust is another one to keep an eye out for, particularly for draft players, draft league players. Um, he's not named to start, but don't be surprised if he starts because he he went he offered way more than Lock and Croker did. Yeah, he looked the goods, didn't he? Um, lads, let's get on to the trade moves of the week. Spy, what are you eyeing off? <coughs> Yes, I've got Ponga going to Sevo at this stage, barring a late change of heart to another centre, but I think I'll just lock him in for the year and keep him. Um, and the other one, I totally forget. <laughs> I've got my app open at the moment. Oh, Angus Crichton, I've spoke about him. So I'm going to go Jai Arrow, who I love as a player, but he's just not getting the minutes, and it's so hard to watch when he's off the field. So him up to Angus Crichton makes me bloody happy. Yeah. Whilst, what are you looking at? Oh, I'm going to bring Teddy in, and that pretty much makes my <laughs> yeah my bust my team up for my second trade in. But I might even I'll get rid of Ponga and bring in Teddy, and I might get rid of Bradman Best and 
uh, through Jules bring uh, RTS in, I think. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, and, lad, surely it's just Teddy Skipper. <clears throat> Straight up Skipper. Yeah. Barring injury or something catastrophic for owners and captains, he could be enormous. What, what are we going to – what do you think you'll get this week? Well, so you're the, the captaincy guru. What's Teddy going to get Thursday night versus the Cows? Uh, Thursday night's normally stickers, but uh, – In Queensland, mind you. Yeah, it's in Queensland, so it'll be dry. Um, but what, what I'm a little bit wary of, not not wary enough to not put the captain on him, I reckon he'll be one of the highest percentage captain you've ever seen this week, Teddy. Um, but so if you've got the balls to sort of go someone else and it plays off, I guess some people will vice-captain him if they've got a team that's conducive to using the loophole. But um, I'm wary of how the Cowboys took Ponger out of the game, punching the ball into touch. Um, so just be aware of that. But it's pretty hard to keep Teddy out of the game. Yeah. So 211. Is that what you think? Oh, sorry. Yeah, prediction, I'd say <laughs> I, I think he'll get 100 and, 130. Beautiful. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll go 150. Um, and, I mean, yeah, the only thing to add to that is some people, because he has spoiled so far out of range price-wise, Teddy, there will be a handful of people who don't own him, um, which means, you know, you have the chance to jump up on them so quickly. So that's something to consider. Uh, lads, we'll jump into a couple of quick questions, then we'll wrap it up. We've been dribbling for a while. Uh, nothing new for us. Connor Fordry, with Manly now relying more on their forward pack to create opportunities with Turbo and AFB out, how do you think the likes of Tapao and Gerbo will perform, i.e. minutes, attack and like attacking pro-air? Wilson? Uh, minutes, definitely. Attacking pro-air, I'm 100% sure. Uh, so, yeah, Tapao's been very quiet this year, so whether he gets offload out and that, then in saying that, you get marked up more, don't you? So, um, yeah, the same, the same question could be asked of with Turbo out with DCE and these last two weeks he's been really good. But, um, yeah, whether they can sustain that, they're decimated with injury, Manly. Yeah. The thing with uh, Manly and with Tommy Turbo out in there, when, when Tommy Turbo's there, they'll play laterally quicker than most sides because Tommy Turbo is so damn good. So you see sides like, I mean, a Bulldogs outfit who, who played laterally and spread it wide early and they haven't earned the right to go forward. Um, then they spread it wide and it just achieves nothing. Manly do that and get turbo on the three man, so three on three with the opposition, and he just skins them, whether it's running over the top of them or through them or whatever. Um, they can afford to do it. Now that Tommy's not there, I think there is a case to say that they will play through the middle more, um, which, you know, and, and they might look for that second phase play through Marty to power and encourage him to offload a little bit more, which he has been doing. Um, it's just a thought. I may be wrong, but I, I think they will because I don't think that, I don't think they're as good laterally as they are. Well, of course they're not with Turbo there, but they lose a lot. Um, yeah, they're going to have to do something, and and yeah. Jake's going to get more meaningless runs. Like on the weekend, that game, he just took so many meaningless runs. Um, mm. You know, I, that's their game plan and that to hold up the defence and bring him out of the line and then play behind him. But his play the ball is not that quick. If you had someone like Cam Murray doing it and then they could play the next play and then push it wide after a defence has come up to, uh, to anticipate the passing behind, um, then it would probably work. But Jake's not that quick on the play the ball, you know. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, Spy, Callan asks, Tao Malolo or Angus Crichton? a good one um i think 
depending on where you're ranked, actually, either way, I'd have a crack at Crichton with their upcoming upcoming draw. He could have some monster tons coming up potentially. Uh, if you're down in the ranks, it gives you a chance for a bit of a pod play there as well against Tamalolo. Obviously, it'd be great if you get both in, but yeah, I like Crichton as a bit of a bit of a pod move, mate. Yeah, like, and if you're up top and consolidating, I think Lolo is probably the safer play at risk of him going big. But if you're chasing a few ranks, Angus Crichton at the the ownership's a good one. Uh, one here from Squeak Scolari. What's the better trade? Luciano Leilua and Cohen Hess out for Cam McInnes and Bo Firma, or George Williams and Jerome Luai out for Sean Johnson and Tex Hoy? What do you reckon, Spy? Uh, who was, what was the second option, sorry, there? George Williams and Jerome Luai out, SJ and Tex Hoy in. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be getting rid of Jerome Luai. At this stage, mm. uh, he's playing some good footy, good run to come. George Williams, on the other hand, has a tough few weeks coming up, so it's a bit hard. But I'd I'd be choosing the first one in that instance. Okay. Um, ben asks Jermaine Tanua Brown to Marty Tapau and Flanagan. Oh, so that's the first part. Uh, Tanua Brown to Tapau. And then Flanagan or SJ. I love part two of that question. I really do. Um, Wilson, I'll go to you. I mean, JTB to Tapao, that looks pretty nice, doesn't it? Yeah, that's solid. What was the second one? Flanagan or SJ? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, mm. yeah, I think I think if you can get over the hump of the Panthers, the uh, the Sharks have a pretty good run, uh, a pretty good draw still. They've still got some pretty decent games. So um, it'd be tempting to go SJ, but... Yeah, the Roosters with Flanagan and his goal kicking, and he's only gonna he's only going to integrate more into the attack. You have got to remember it's his first year, and he's way out in front top point scorer. So if he starts getting a few attacking stats like backing up tries and um, you know uh, try assists and line break assists and that, he 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 could really be a top scorer in this league for, for Super Coach. Yeah, we'll wrap it up with uh, one for both of you. From Carla Jane Chudley, she asks, still have Twole on my bench due to other pressing issues. I have Hass and Carrigan. Which front row forward to get? She says, thinking Clemmer or Paulo, um, I'll extend that and I'll say, if you can get one front rower in this week to partner Payne Hass, it's tough because there's a lot that are quite similar. Who is it for you, Spy? I would probably lean to Clemmer. At this stage, but honestly, any of those top guys I'd be happy with. They're probably going to do a very similar job, so I don't think it's going to be a make-or-break decision, but just on the spot without any prep on that question is I'd probably go Clemmer myself. Walson? Yeah, I think I'd go um, Paulo. So I just think um, he's got – a bit more in the way of tackle breaks and offloads in him. His base might not be as good as Clemmer, but uh, yeah, like yeah, like Spice says. I mean, Clemmer, uh, Paulo, uh, JFH, Daniel Saifidi. Yeah, there's just a plethora of front row forwards that are going to score an average somewhere around 65 to 75. Um, I don't think it's going to make a huge amount of difference which one you get. Yeah, and I'll just add that with with the news that Twelve might be back next week, um, you're probably better off holding if you've got some other trades you can make. 
that's a good shout too that we both overlooked. Um, I will say on that, the front row forward, the partner to Payne Haas, it's one area of supercoach there is a lot of differences. And unfortunately, there's there's a lot of similar options who, who offer that sort of 60 to 75-point scoring um, range. But maybe we should be looking at the ones with upside, the guys that can go 100-plus on their day and do – um, have that chance to score that try and uh, more likely to get the attacking stats. And, I mean, the, the guy that stands out like dog's nuts there is Josh Papali, isn't it? Um, so, well, I mean, he probably doesn't quite have the work rate of what we're seeing from Clemmer and Paulo and co. Um, but Josh Papali, he's under 600K, which is pretty good. I do like him. But at the prices, I think Marty Tapao, I've taught myself into him um, through this podcast. So, yeah, I think he's the one. Yeah, I like me. that at the price, absolutely. Yeah, his price is definitely there. He, he, the gameplay hasn't been there. But, I mean, I think the the ones that you look at, if you want to lock in base, is you've got Clemmer, even Josh Maguire's up there as well, yeah. um, James, Fish, James Fisher-Harris. If you're looking at attacking upside, you've got Josh Papali, uh, Adam Fanua-Blake when he comes back, uh, Tavita Pangai, um Junior Paula and Daniel Saifidi has got a lot of attacking stats Whoa. this year. There's some serious options there. Um, lad, big effort as usual. Thank you, Wilson. Hey, thanks, boys. Enjoyed it. Cheers, Spite. Thanks, boys. Good chatting. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll talk to you next week.